Hey. Hello. Uh, I, had to, I had to go brush my teeth after I ate. I didn't want the, the listeners to smell my bad breath. <laughs> well, welcome to uh, uh, Store Brand Comics, everybody. I'm Tio. And I'm Brandon. And we've got some discussion for you today. There are a couple of topics I wanted to talk about. Um, once again, mostly Marvel and DC stuff today. Um, but uh, as far as DC cons- is concerned, um, we wanted to talk about Future State today. Uh, the new yes. DC thing that has essentially replaced 5G. Um, yeah, yeah. And then later on, I was if if we've got time for it, I was thinking of maybe talking a little bit about uh, the upcoming WandaVision, which is officially going to be the first piece of Marvel Cinematic Universe media to be released since um, Spider-Man: Far From Home. Oh wow! Yeah, it's, it, it it's landed, been a long it, time for Marvel. Yeah, it landed a January release date. Uh, it was going to be this this coming month. It was going to be December, but it's been moved to January 2021. Um, have they put like an official date in January or just January? Um, oh shoot, I only read the headline, I didn't read the article. No, <laughs> Dang it, I should have actually looked at the article. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't have a computer in front of me this time. That's all good. I'm looking at that. Alrighty, cool. Yeah, you're gonna have to do all the research heavy lifting for this episode. I'm recording in my room today. Okay, January 15th is when it comes out. Oh, dope. Okay, cool. That's like nice and early. Yeah. That's only halfway through the month. Dang it. That's like right after the the new semester starts back. Three or four days after it starts back. But yeah, so let's let's start with future state. Um, because that seems pretty interesting. Also, yeah, yeah. also I had a bit, of, a bit of an experience within these past couple of weeks that uh, I think is kind of fun and interesting. Tio went out and about in the streets and did research. Yes, research on the digital streets of the of the internet, specifically uh, Facebook. Um, so he formed his hypothesis. He did everything in the scientific method. Yeah, that yeah. I definitely remember because I. I was in nursing school. So yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> okay. So it wasn't actually all that in depth. Um <laughs> but okay, so there is a um a, a comic book news outlet called Comic Book Resources, for those who don't know. Um and CBR. Yeah, CBR for short. And um, I'm stuck getting constant updates from their Facebook page because I liked or or read a couple of their articles or whatever. I don't remember how this ended up happening, but I see their stuff every single day. Um, Yeah, same. And um, one thing that I like to do is I like to scroll down to the comments just to see how stupid people are because they are. Um, And it's all the same complaints at this point. The usual, like, uh, this is why I stopped reading Marvel and DC years ago. Uh, yeah. Marvel and DC need to do something new. But then when they do something new, everyone's going to whine about it. They freak out. Uh, yeah. Um, so anyway, I I left a bait comment on an article about the upcoming DC Future State uh, title, Teen Justice. Um which doesn't look too bad if I'm being honest. 
Um, I like the character designs for the most part, and I like the art style, um, particularly where the new Supergirl character is concerned. I love her design. Um, and just like the, gen- the general attitude that like she carries, like with the way she looks. Here's my question with that real quick is like, is that a book or is that going to be in the, the Teen Titans book for Future State? Because I haven't seen any solicitations for Teen Justice. It is, um, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it, it's, it's, I think, still in its early phases. I think they're still working on it. But um, if I'm not mistaken, um, it is basically an alternate Teen Titans because it takes place on Earth-11. Okay. Um, so it's it basically features um, teenage gender-swapped versions of the Justice League, effectively. Because um, you've got Supergirl, who does not resemble any Supergirl that we've seen in the past. She looks more like a female teenage version of Superman. Or Superboy, yeah. rather. Yeah, it's like a gender-swapped original Teen Titans lean-up. So she looks more like Superboy than like your typical Supergirl. But she's a girl. Um, right. And then there's like Donald Troy, who's the male version of Donna Troy. Um, uh, Kid Quick is like a gender fluid version of uh, Kid Flash. Um, uh, who else was there? Um, oh, Clarien, who is the female version of Clarion the Witch Boy. Uh who uh, Aqua Girl is like Aqua Lad, but a girl. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then because Robin is a gender neutral title, it's just a girl Robin. Yeah, yeah. So. Okay, yeah, that must be something that's if it if it comes out, it'll be like late twenty twenty. Yeah, I think it's sort of a, a later stage um, future state title. Um, yeah. It's I don't think it's first wave. Um, yeah, but yeah, so anyway, I left a bait comment on there because I saw a lot of people complaining, particularly where the Kid Quick character is concerned. Um, because um, comic book fans have a nasty habit where if, if it's not a straight white male character being introduced, they tend to just hate it and dismiss it out of hand. Um, right. uh, and I see the general complaints that, like, uh, you know, these, these are marketing tactics that aren't working because they're trying to draw in, you know, a larger crowd, kind of reach outside the straight white male readership. Um, which not every comic book fan is a straight white dude, but um, we still make up like the majority of comic book readers. Um, right. For, for those who couldn't tell by our voices, uh, me and Brandon are both straight white dudes. So, uh, um, yeah, I know. Shocking, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> the two comic book nerds are <laughs> a couple of white guys. What? Anyway, <laughs> but you know, there there are a lot of you know comic book fans who don't fit into any of those demographics specifically, but um, we still make up the majority. So DC yeah, and yeah. Marvel for a long time have been trying to reach into markets outside of us. Um, unfortunately their attempts at doing so have been very transparent in their intent. Um, And you can tell that like, it's not exactly a pure hearted intention. They're just trying to get other people's money. 
Um, and in some cases, I would say that they did a good job, even though it didn't work, like with uh, Jane Foster as Thor, trying to get more of a female readership on Thor. Um, I, I like Jane Foster as Thor, personally. Um, yeah, I was about to say with that, it's like <clears throat> they may not have succeeded on getting a, a female audience in, but I mean, like, a lot of people love the book. Yeah. Um, and another character that I personally liked was Amadeus Cho as the Hulk. Um, yeah. Which, again, they were, you know, they were trying to use him to get more of an Asian readership. Um, but with, uh, with non-white audiences, manga is just more popular than American comic books are. Um, like, yeah. if, if you look at, like, the sales numbers, like, uh, um, like, black men have a tendency to gravitate more towards manga than towards American comic books. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's just kind of the way things are. It's just more of an, um, which I like manga too. I mean, I, I will, I think I'll always like American comic books just a little bit more because that's just, um, even though I personally adore like the general manga aesthetic, like I will always personally, I think, prefer Japanese design over American design in a lot yeah, of ways, yeah. but, um, but like as far as like the storytelling and the characters go, um, I'm personally always going to gravitate towards American superhero comics. Um, yeah. But yeah, like uh, that's just kind of the way the demographics break down in terms of sales. So anyway, like all all that aside, that wasn't entirely relevant to what I'm going to say. Um, <laughs> I left a a bait comment on um, a CBR article about. Um, you know, everybody complaining about this new Teen Justice series. And my comment was, why is everybody complaining about this? We're only supposed to complain. It's not in the main continuity and we're only supposed to complain when literally anything happens in the main continuity. Um, And that got me um, some responses. Uh, (laughs) So uh, there was... um, one guy you see unfortunately i can't find this comment thread anymore it's not in my notifications on facebook so i can't go back and like reread it um but there was this one guy who uh i okay here's how it went um i'm not going to say his name i remember his name um because <laughs> i actually <laughs> it's ingrained in your brain well let's see i did some research on him because i wanted to know who i was having this discussion with um and he uh well, I'll, I'll get more into what I found out about him later. I'm not going to name him. Um, I'm going to keep him anonymous, but I'm going to I'm going to get more into what I found out about him later. Anyway, um, so the, the like the reply he left to my comment was the only whining I see here is yours. Everybody else is just ridiculing uh, bad art, bad design, and like bad characters. Um, so I. I left a comment asking him, like, but well, not not asking. I, I left a comment saying, like, yeah, I will give you that. Um, uh, that like, kid, like not all the designs. Are yeah, Kid Quick, Donald Troy, and Robin all kind of got shafted in the uh, design department. Um, yeah, I'd agree. Um, for me personally, uh, I would. No, I I didn't. Um, say all this specifically um i i I, 
this these are just my opinions on it. I think that um Donald Troy, you could lose the stupid parachute pants. Yeah, yeah. That he's wearing and just it would make him look more generic, but give him more of a typical superhero silhouette. Yeah, just give him the regular like superhero pants or whatever. With him being front and center center, it seems like he's clearly meant to be the leader of the team, so it's okay for him to look generic cuz the t- the leader's always boring. Yeah, um, the colors are fine. For him. Yeah, but yeah, those parachute pants really gotta go. And then for Robin, I would get rid of her, um, her little pigtail things she has on top of her head, and also uh, change her lips from red to flesh tone. Um, I don't think that I I know that I'll, I'll, most female superheroes have like red lips, like they all apply lipstick before they go out crime fighting. But uh, for that design in particular, I don't see what like the lipstick adds. It it doesn't seem like uh it fits like it doesn't seem like it gels with the rest of the way the character looks. Okay, yeah. I I, I would make her I, I would make her lips flesh tone because honestly, why why would she take the time to apply lipstick before going out yeah, crime fighting? That does make sense. Um, when I'm looking at the Robin uh the Robin look, I'd say to me the only thing that could possibly change is the the pigtails yes the, the costume looks good yeah yeah i the like co- the, the costume. costume itself is fine but like get i and i would be okay with them keeping her hair short the way it looks like basically just erase yeah, yeah. the mickey mouse ears off the top of her head and have like a shaved head female robin that would i think look pretty cool actually well i i i'm literally looking at my laptop and as you were saying that i was putting my fingers up to cover the pigtails and yeah that works <laughs> yeah that would that would make her like visually distinct from other uh robins as as yeah. well as other female superheroes um just keep the really really short hair and get rid of the pigtails yeah um and then uh for kid quick uh they just look too much like other flashes um give them something unique that sets them apart from other speedsters in the DC universe. That's all you really need. Yeah, and I, I don't know. I, I'm fine with the red and yellow. It's just like something's got to change with it a little bit. It looks too bland. Yes, and and then Aqua Girl. She's a bit generic, but she's serviceable. Um, you you know you can tell who she's supposed to be. And honestly, for the Aqua characters, there's not a whole lot more you can do to differentiate their designs. Yeah, it looks fine. The only thing I would say is her colors clash too much with uh, what's her face, the spellcaster. Uh, Clarion. Yeah, yeah, her colors clash too much with like they're the same color scheme. Yeah, it? yeah, they they're a little too um too close. But I do yeah. like um Clarion's design personally. Oh yeah, yeah, with the big yeah. with the big coat and the coattails yeah. and stuff that simulate the appearance of a skirt but aren't a skirt. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite design out of all of them is Supergirl. Supergirl looks great. She looks fantastic. Like I, she's like, adorable. Don't, she's got sass and attitude in her face. I just love you her. Don't, yeah, you don't have to like tell me what the story is going to be about. I see that character design and I'm like, I'm in. That looks like a great character design. Yes, and one thing that I absolutely love is they found a way to give her costume that like flowing element that will help to denote movement without making it a cape again they give her the yeah. red scarf i love yeah, that idea exactly. that's awesome it, it's it got a little bit of that 
Carol Danvers Captain Marvel flair with it being a scarf, but instead of being around her hips, it's around her neck. Yeah, well, when I saw it, I was kind of thinking it was like, uh, it kind of reminds me of like what they did, not saying it's alike, but I'm saying what they did with uh, like Kamala Khan. Yes, yeah. Her costume, like like kind of uh, making it more of like a a teenager's costume. Like this looks like a great costume, but it also looks like she made this costume. Yes. Yeah. And I, I just, I love, I love the idea of it. Be, I don't know why, but I just love the idea of it being a scarf instead of a cape. But yeah, anyway. Um, yeah. But I, when I replied to this guy, um, I, I simply said like, yeah, I will concede. Robin, Kid Quick and Donald got sort of shafted in the design department. But, oh, um, yeah. but I said, but Supergirl and Clarion both look awesome. And Aqua Girl is serviceable if generic. Um, yeah. and I said, you know, that, uh, oh, what else is, I think that's really the only point I made. Um, I, I, and, uh, his, his response was, uh, uh, it's called critique kid. So <laughs> I was like, okay, that was nothing. So I, uh, responded with thing bad is not critique. Um, you know, like how, what a critique is like, what makes this bad? How would you, yeah, it, yeah. in your opinion? Exactly. A critique is to, and, and this is, this happens all the time. Like I remember having to talk about this in nursing school because you always have people that are, yeah, you just have people like that, but you have to be like, well, if we're going to fix this, I need to know what can make it better. There's nothing wrong with critiques a lot of people think people are being rude or whatever as long as like the person is coming at it from not like you're saying where it's thing bad so it's it's poop but if it's more of a sense of like this doesn't work here's the reasons why it doesn't work now let me put some some points in of how to possibly change or fix or anything like that. That's a critique. Yeah. 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 Critique is uh, constructive. Um, even, yeah, yeah. Even, you know, criticism is meant to be constructive, even if it doesn't like inherently offer something that can be fixed. Like, uh, yeah. like I think the difference between criticism and critique is that critique typically offers like something that can be changed. Um, yeah. Whereas criticism just says this is what's wrong with it, but even right, criticism right. is meant to help you identify, yeah, things that are wrong with it so it can be fixed. Yeah, um, yeah. Even if it doesn't tell you outright how to fix it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, uh, yeah, that was my response. Is I said like thing bad is not critique. Um, and then I I said like how would you improve it? And his response took him a long time to respond with this. His response was, uh, there's so much wrong with it that I can't even waste my time going through all of it. It looks like those crappy, uh, uh, most of the crappy indie comics I see these days. He says, if I were the editor-in-chief at DC, I would be uh, pissed off that someone was wasting my time with this, putting this garbage across my desk. There's um, so much wrong there's with so much wrong with said. that. And I'm about to get into it, too. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, I, so this is the last, 
thing that was said in the conversation too. I was really hoping to continue stringing him along with this, but he never responded to this last one. Um, so it just sort of fizzled out. Um, I said, uh, so that's a lot of words to tell me that you don't actually have any points. Um, yeah. And you have nothing to say and, and nothing worth saying. And I said, and also, uh, if you were the editor-in-chief at DC, you should know enough about the artists and writers on your payroll that um, you know what sort of work they're going to put forward. This never would have crossed your desk if you were working at a, if you were the editor-in-chief at DC. I said, you probably wouldn't see anything more visually interesting than an early 90s Liefeld comic coming across your desk. <laughs> um, and that was that. That was the end yeah. of... Uh, because I did some research on this guy. And I will say there were um, other people who replied to my, uh, well, replied to him, actually. They responded mostly to him. Um, they weren't as uh, thoughtful or pointed as the arguments I was making. But my intention was to, was to be thoughtful and pointed and, like, purposeful. Um, yeah, but they were they were basically kind of backing up. Yeah, yeah, they were they were backing me uh, in the argument, and one of them uh, uh, left the comment of of oh, what was it? Um, oh, so someone responded to what he was saying, saying like uh, like you're saying stop whining, and also you wow wow bad art wow wow. So I thought, yeah. I thought that was funny if, if you know, immature. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then an- another person responded with something a little more thoughtful, but still um, a bit more emotional than the way I was phrasing things. Um, I don't quite remember exactly everything they said. Um, and then there was one other person um, who uh, came to uh, oppose my point. They um, actually had some good points and we ended our discussion on like the same page with each other. And I have okay. to say, that was boring. Agreeing with someone is boring. I want that <laughs> other guy back. He was fun. I, I got to make fun of him. Uh- <laughs> Here's the thing. Tio, did you ever did you ever play Modern Warfare 2 as a kid? No, I'm not super into shooters. Man, you, you missed out on some great discourse back in the day. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. I bet. <laughs> Yeah, no, the only shooter I could get into really was... I mean, I played a few of the teen-rated Call of Duties, because that's really what I had access to when I was younger. But yeah. um, the only shooter I could... Like, series I could ever really get into was Halo, and I play that for the story. I know, I'm a weirdo, but... I'm not into multiplayer for shooters. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, it's... I just... I find it frustrating. But, um... <clears throat> ah, excuse me. Anyway, so I did some research on this guy. Um, and much like my beloved co-host Brandon, this guy is also working on his own independent comic book, which, um, I was considering like shouting out for the trouble on this podcast. However, looking at his profile, he also supports Comicsgate, um, which, uh, for those who are not telling me you were talking to eric van skyver this whole time <laughs> i think it's ethan van van ethan, skyver, that's right. okay, or siever yeah, or Cyver. i don't know how to pronounce that last name but um no no, no it wasn't him but uh so yeah it was, this this guy was a comic skater 
And for those who are not in the know with, you know, comic book culture in the past, over the past decade, Comics Gate is a harassment campaign um, targeting women, people of color, and the LGBT community in, uh, in like, both professional and non-professional settings for comic books. Um, it was started as sort of a, you know, a knee-jerk reaction to DC and Marvel's um, diversity initiatives, particularly to Marvel, since Marvel did the harder push than DC. But, um, and it resulted in, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, real-world harassment and some violence. Um, and I think one of the more notable things that happened is... Uh, the um, writer for the Mockingbird uh, comic book series. I cannot remember her name. She is a feminist novelist. um, And I think Mockingbird was her first comic she was writing. She basically got bullied off that book by comics. Oh, yeah. Like she, she quit writing because it was too, it was too much. The harassment was too much. Um, That's, that's my understanding of the situation. I don't know if that's exactly how it went down. That's like my understanding of it is I remember reading one day, like, the writer for Mockingbird quits, so the title just got canceled. Um, oh, okay. And I figured it was like, oh, well, you know, with everything that's been leading up to this, she probably got bullied off the book. Yeah, um, pressure from that. Yeah. The same way that, like, Kelly Marie Tran got bullied off of social media after episode eight of Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Uh, what was I saying? Right. So I was thinking of giving like his, this guy's indie comic a shout out for, you know, the trouble of, um, you know, having this little argument with him. Cause he didn't know that I was doing this for fun. Like just to test it out. This is the right. first argument with a stranger on the internet I've ever had in my life. I've never done this before. Yeah, um, I'm saying you would have loved modern warfare two, modern warfare three, Maybe not at Years the, of War three. Maybe not at the age that it would have been relevant to me. I probably wouldn't have liked it then. <laughs> I was a yeah, much yeah. angrier and, and less thoughtful person back then. Um, but now uh, I'm able to like take time, think things through, and you know, construct coherent arguments with points. Um, but oh, yeah, if you after, want oh cohesion, cohesion no. That, <laughs> That's, that's Co- not. That's, doesn't. <laughs> that's not what modern the, warfare. That's not mo- what modern warfare is for. Modern <laughs> warfare is for just smack talking the worst things oh, ever, yeah. saying the worst things ever. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway. So yeah, after finding out that this guy supports Comicsgate, I decided, you know what? Maybe I'll just leave him anonymous. I won't give him the uh, publicity. Yeah. As for as for as far as this critically acclaimed podcast reaches, oh yeah, yeah, you know the entire world. We're we're the number one podcast. We're the voted only. by Bleeding Cool. Yeah, we're. The- <laughs> <laughs> we're uh. CBR is always promoting us. Oh yeah, you see our uh, pictures on uh, uh, on the on the cover of Forbes. Yeah. How, how how these two young men built an empire on on talking about comic books and portals to the null void and Gibby's belly button. DC's always trying to work with us. They had us. It, it, you don't see it in the comics because they they went with another initiative, but. We were originally supposed to be dressed up as 
um, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, and one of us was going to turn into Doomsday, and then Batman would be like, hey, eat a Snickers, and then he'd eat a Snicker, and then turn back into Wonder Woman, <laughs> and we'd be like, better. And, and, and Terry was Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But they decided to just draw it instead. So future state. Yes. That's what we meant to be talking about. <laughs> Basically an hour in. Yeah. So you're you're the one who has done like the research on future state between the two of us. Yeah, yeah. I've done um I I mostly good. just um, cared about that Teen Justice one because that's where I was doing my fun little uh, test to see to see you know what sort yeah, of person and... would respond to my comments. And now I I've gotten way more confident about leaving comments on stuff lately because I keep thinking like uh, no one cares about my opinion why should I leave a comment? But then I was like I don't know it could be fun, so I started yeah, doing yeah. it. And that one was sort of a, a bait comment because I wanted to like hook someone, be like, ah, and I did, I got someone. So, um, but yeah, and it turned out to be exactly the sort of person that I would have wanted to have a discussion like that with anyway. Yeah. Because it's just fun. It's fun to like interact with people who are dumber than you. I've noticed. <laughs> it's just that's something why, I enjoy doing. That's why this podcast is so entertaining for you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I'd say you're my intellectual equal. Right, right. Maybe. Um, but yeah. So future state. So yeah, like I said, you're the one who's done most of the of the research for this. Um, I mostly just saw a couple of title announcements and that's it. Yeah, that's why uh, and I can get into future state. That's why whenever I was you were talking about teen justice and stuff, I'm a little bit confused with that title because what they've announced with future state and what I mean by that is, um, well, you I'll, I'll go ahead and like say it. Future state is basically this mini event i don't even know if i'd call it an event i just say it's more like a uh it's not even rebirth where it's like a new title line well i was gonna say it seems more like a new relaunch initiative along the lines of new 52 or rebirth but it isn't though it, it like seems like that but it's only going to be for two months and the reason the reason i believe why is i believe all of this was going to be 5g before mm, I mean, yeah I that makes you sense that song. like i believe all of this was going to be 5g before yeah i think um, they just repurposed a lot of yeah 5g stuff yeah dan didio got the can i think he was the person that was over 5g the most um and then like maybe they were still working on some 5g stuff but then COVID happened uh. And yeah. a lot of people weren't able to work. So they halted production is what I think. Mm. I think they stopped production and weren't like, it, it wasn't like whatever you have, that's what we're going to 
use. We're going to repurpose it and use it for future sake. I think it was like most people had at least half of a story done and they're probably like, okay, use that story, but finish it up. Like finish it up. Like the longest title in this whole thing is the next Batman. And I'll talk about that. And that's four issues long. Okay. Granted, granted, each issue is 64 pages long. Oh, but, um, yeah. But like, yeah, that that's the, the longest story you're going to get from this. That's so I. That's a lot of pages. That's like three times the number well, of pages they have for. Well, well, yeah. I'll I'll go into like uh, more specifics as we get into it. But yeah, I think I think this was originally 5G, but with everything that happened, both corporate side as well as pandemic side, I think it stopped stuff, and thus they just have a a limited supply of the stuff. And I think it kind of works in their favor because this is going to be a two-month thing where they're putting out these titles. There's 24 titles in total. I'll run through them in a little bit. There's 24 in total, and they're basically being printed from January to February. Hmm. There's one that uh, will end in March, but it's pretty much just January and February because what they're doing is they're halting all of production of, like, titles that are going on right now and the dc comic books or the dc universe books that will come out will be this future state stuff but it'll just be january and february and then after that they'll just go back to what was happening before um but i think what this is is originally 5g was gonna be much bigger it couldn't be I think this is a testing ground kind of mm. like to see, let's see the feedback on this. Let's see how much this sells, how much that sells. If it sells really good, maybe we'll make an even more bigger uh, uh, comic out of it. Like we'll actually make an ongoing series or a bigger limited series or something like that. I think that's what a lot of this is. I mean, like that, that's not like, crapping on it no 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 like all of these are going to be self-contained stories which is one of the things i like the most about this they're all going to be self-contained stories but if one title does really great like let's say there's there's a new wonder woman book coming out with a all new wonder woman um if that does really good i could see her getting her own ongoing series later down the road stuff like that interesting but, uh, that's an interesting theory that that's what i think because like it does seem odd for this to happen so i do think it's it's 5g but they had to change some things and repurpose some things yeah i think um one thing that this might be doing is because there have also been um some articles and announcements and stuff about how dc plans to have a looser continuity in the near future um and uh even in like main titles like this just goes beyond um like the else worlds and multiverse stuff that they've been doing for decades now um i feel like uh moving forward they're going to like even in the main titles like not everything not every story that's told is all going to be in the same 
continuity. Like they're going to be a lot looser with it for the sound of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I could see Which that. tells me that maybe Future State could be sort of a testing ground to see if um, a modern DC audience would be willing to go back to the pre-crisis style of comic book storytelling. Yeah, where it's just kind of and for all over and away. And and for uh for listeners who might not be familiar, when I say pre-crisis, uh, that refers to the period of DC Comics history um, before an event in the 80s, which was known as the Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, and in that period of time before the crisis, um, DC stories were just kind of told in this like wishy-washy, wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey sort of ball of whatever like nothing actually mattered like uh one week superman would be shooting rainbows from his fingertips um and the next week he could shoot a smaller version of himself with half of his strength out of his hand yeah um (laughs) so uh like superman could do literally anything from like week to week month to month whatever the writer needed superman to be able to do but then um when the crisis on infinite earths came along, they, you know, started to, that was their attempt at consolidating uh, the universe. Like, well, you know, you, you create a situation where Superman can do whatever um, we need to nail down. What can Superman do? Um, so they, you know, basically explained it like, Oh, there's this huge multiverse of, and I'm just using Superman as an example. He's not the only character. Yeah, that, I was going to say, Superman yeah, most, most, most of the characters are like this. Yeah, Superman wasn't the only reason they did this. They had an entire company's worth of publishing telling them that, like, there's too much contradicting stuff. We need to yeah. basically build a canon. Not not a canon with, like, two ends in the middle. A canon with one end <laughs> in the middle where it's, like, a, um, you know, shared continuity, that sort of thing. That's what I mean by canon. Yeah. Um, so the crisis on infinite earths was basically a way to, um, eliminate the infinite earths and leave us with only one earth where all the DC superhero stuff took place. Um, yeah. that was the one earth for a long time, but then various other events reestablished the multiverse and so on and so yeah. forth with events like, um, uh, infinite crisis, uh, 52 zero hour things like that they all sort of work together to reestablish the multiverse over time and um put back into place um a system where stories could be more fluid but there was still a single main continuity that stories could be told in as well um so anything that happened in that main continuity was canon to that main continuity and had to be maintained whereas all the multiverse stuff could exist on its own and nothing had to um, match up with anything else in those stories. Um, and then Flashpoint came along and restructured the multiverse uh, so that there was once again like just sort of one Earth for the most part. But then Convergence was like, no, there are a bunch of Earths again. It's complicated. Anyway. Yeah. But pre-crisis, stories were just whatever the writers needed them to be. And while I don't think that um, stories moving forward are going to go to quite that same level of, you know, whoopity do, we don't care, like the older stories were. But I do think they're going to be a lot more fluid and a lot less connected um, moving forward. And Future State yeah. might be testing the waters for a more general 
multiverse style of storytelling, especially since I've seen a lot of stuff about alternate Earth versions of superheroes, especially where, like, like Teen Justice is just one example. Because um, there are, you know, other versions of, like, Wonder Woman and, and so forth being introduced. So it's like, I think this is just sort of testing the waters of, like, maybe generally reestablishing just, like, a multiverse style of storytelling, but for the whole company rather than just specific publishing lines and imprints. Right, yeah. Um, I don't know how a modern comic book reading audience is going to take that because a huge part of modern comic book culture is our like shared dedication to the a long-term ongoing canon of these characters. But um, we'll see. Yeah. I'll say, yeah, like the, the repercussions that come from um, Future State yeah like you said we'll have to see but like future state as in like what's going down in january and february i'm like i'm psyched for mm, like i'm i'm, I'm, I'm really psyched for I'll, I'll send you i'll send you a link um after we're done but like um it, it basically just goes over every every title and stuff okay. that they're that they're doing for those two months um so yeah like i mentioned there's it's two months, January, February. There's 24 titles in total. Um, <clears throat> most of those titles are like two issues. It's a two issue like story, basically. Mm. And those are, yeah, those are 32 page comics. So those are like very short. But um, yeah, most are two issues. Um, one of them is one issue. And then like some are like four issues, like the the new Batman and stuff or the next Batman is what it's called. Yeah. But like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for this. So the 24 comics that they're coming out with, they kind of like categorize them. They have like their, their bat family comics, they have their Superman family comics and then justice league family comics. And with justice league family comics, it's like your team stuff as well as like, characters that don't fit in with batman or superman like they've got a swamp thing book coming out that actually sounds pretty dope mm, that makes me excited um, yeah yeah i'm, I'm gonna go through some of these well I, I can go through all of them i feel like i can hit them all pretty quick um the number one book that is like coming out of this is the next batman yeah i'm, and, I'm sure yeah yeah because like this before Future State, they were going to do this anyway. Like, they were going to make this book anyway, because John Ridley, he's like the writer for this. I think he's like a, a movie or TV writer or mm. something. He's a, he's a big writer. And so, like, they got him to come and do this little miniseries. And so, like, yeah, they were like, oh, well, this kind of lines up with Future State. Like, why not just make it a Future State thing? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, uh, but yeah, I, I should mention real quick, Future State, obviously with the name, it's in the future. Yeah. But no one really knows how far into the future. Like most of most of what you'll see online is just speculation. Mm. Like DC hasn't announced how far into the future some of this stuff is. And it's hard to say. Because some of the speculation is like, oh, it's five years in the future. But then I look at like different images and and different descriptions i'm like 
there's no way this is five years in the future. Like this is further into the future. Like, I don't know how yeah. far, but like not so far where like Bruce Wayne is dead because that's not the case at all because Bruce Wayne even gets his own book. I'll mention that in a little bit. Um, yeah. But yeah, basically all this takes place blank years. Let's say five, 10 years, whatever. That's pretty much where all of this is taking place. And the future state does good. I guess main continuity will possibly one day progress in that, that path. But, um, so the next Batman, that's the main book they're, they're dropping with this. As I mentioned before, it's four issues in total. Um, the price per issue is going to be seven ninety nine, just because the page count is sixty four pages. Yeah. But like, it sounds it sounds pretty interesting. It's not the number one book I'm wanting. Like, there's a ton of books I want from this. There's over half of the books I want. Like, there's thirteen titles I'm picking up. Um, but the next Batman, it's basically Gotham has been taken over by like this totalitarian regime that they they call themselves like the magistrate okay but then a brand new batman basically rises up to take them on basically um and, and they have his name is terry mcginn i mean uh well no it, it <laughs> isn't because i i figured they, it wasn't yeah they haven't confirmed who the new batman is yet he is african-american okay they haven't confirmed who he is, but they've hinted that they that he has like some connection with Lucius Fox. Is it just gonna be Batwing? I that would be like disappointing if so. Because yeah. like not not no. Here's the thing: I'm fine with Bat Batwing taking the mantle, but if you're like but, hiding all this secrecy, like why don't you just say it's Batwing? Yeah. So I'm thinking it's not because like. If it was, like, why not just say that's who it is? If you're hinting at it being an ally of Lucius Fox. So, I don't know. Um, yeah, that for me, that would, um, well, not nearly as disappointing, but that would be along similar lines to um, Falcon becoming Captain America. Yeah. If, they, if they wanted a black Captain America, it should have been someone other than Sam. Right, right. But that's just that's just my feeling. I have very strong feelings about the Falcon. I care about him probably disproportionately, but I don't know. He's just always been a character I've liked. So Yeah, yeah. Like I have strong feelings about him. But anyway, back to Batman. But um so yeah, your your main story is dealing with this next Batman who is basically taking on this this totality totalitarian regime. Yeah. Um it sounds kind of interesting, but also with that, like, that's not the only thing that's going on. There are, like, backups in each one of these issues, kind of. Like, um, with this one, uh, there's going to be, like, something dealing with the outsiders, with the whole magistrate thing going on. Um, there's something going on with, it's called Arkham Knights. It's the Arkham Asylum, the fame facility that holds all of Batman's rogues gallery was shut down when the magistrate took over Gotham. Oh, okay, this does sound kind of cool. Now a bunch of villains are taking on Gotham's occupiers in order to take the city back. 
Oh, okay. That sounds kind of cool. That does sound interesting. And your your lineup for that Arkham Knights team is Killer Croc, Two-Face, Dr. Phosphorus, Victor Zaz, Clayface, and Astrid Arkham, also known as Arkham Knight. They got Victor Zaz and Killer Croc to play nice with a team? Yeah, well, I, I could see the Killer Croc thing. The Victor Zaz thing surprises me. Yeah, Victor Zaz is more of a wild animal than Croc is. Yeah. But, hey, um, it might be. I mean, it's it's a backup in this thing. I mean, you're paying you're paying seven ninety nine, yeah. and you're getting the main book, and then you're getting backups. So the Outsiders, Arkham Knights, um, Batgirls will be one of the backups. Where it's uh, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown basically taking on the Magistrate. Like they're outlaws. Okay. Like mass masked heroes and villains are outlawed in gotham yeah so that's a that's a big thing there okay and then there's also going to be a gotham sirens backup okay so So is that going to be your uh, usual lineup of harley ivy and catwoman uh let me see it might just be let's see catwoman poison ivy and siren i think who's siren i don't know who siren is i don't know might be a new character who knows huh um probably but uh but yeah that's just within the next batman and i i I listed four backups because like each issue will have one of those backups so yeah that's the next batman speaking of harley one one thing that i just wanted to mention that i find interesting is if you see like um promotional stuff for that joker war storyline they've been doing um one thing i find interesting is that like uh when you see the lineup of like the Joker and all the villains on his side, and then Batman and all the heroes on his side, Harley's on Batman's side. Okay, she is, I'm pretty sure, officially just one of the heroes now. Well, that also makes sense just because, like, <clears throat> and, and her I'm, and the whole punchline. Yeah, I'm pretty sure she has completed her face turn. Yeah, that has been happening pretty much since 2011. Yeah, they started yeah. Harley down the hero's path nearly 10 years ago now, and I'm, I'm pretty sure that path is complete. She's one of the good guys now, and it's been cemented by the fact that anytime there's a conflict in Gotham City, Harley tends to side with Batman now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's very much been, not saying like uh, fourth wall breaking and stuff, but very much like Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, and her solo series is very Deadpool-esque, if I'm not mistaken i haven't read it myself i know that her solo stuff mostly takes place out of continuity um so like you can just read harley quinn's solo comics without having to worry about where it takes place in the timeline um yeah which i think is actually probably the smartest thing to do for her because she's such a popular character at this point they they slap her on everything now um especially if it's batman related that's like it just makes sense that her solo stuff is just like a an out of continuity goofy thing so that you don't have to worry about whether or not it fits in line with her other appearances. Yeah. I just think that's, which is why the best. Yeah. Which is why it makes sense for her to get her own future state book. Yeah. Yeah. She's getting a two issue book, um, 32 pages each. Mm. Um, I, I forgot exactly what it's about. Um, it, it's not one that I'm going to pick up. I'll say this with future state. None of the books sound bad 
but like I'm just prioritizing. Like, yeah. There's 13 books I'm really excited for. I'll get those. I'm yeah. on a budget. Okay. Like, <laughs> like I already calculated how much I'll pay in total for like the 13 books I'm going to get from like issue one to when they're done. It's going to be a little over $168. Okay. So yeah. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't collect floppies as it is. So, uh, I, I, if I get any of these, it, I am going to be waiting until they're in their uh, uh, trade form anyway. Yeah, but it's going to be interesting. I got a feeling uh, with some of these trades, they're just going to lump some stuff. Yeah, together. they're they're going to have to because otherwise, like he's with with only two issues of the Harley Quinn one being yeah. thirty two pages a piece. That's as long as one of the Batman ones. So yeah, the, I could see they, them they'd have the to next... lump that with another another comic. Yeah, the next Batman will be its own trade, but I could see, um, and I'll get into these other titles, but I could see like the Bat Family books that are as short as the Harley Quinn book being lumped in together in one trade. Yeah, yeah, and they'd probably just call it something along the lines of like, uh, uh, like Future State Gotham City or Future State, yeah, yeah, like, like Batman that, yeah. Family or something like that. Yeah, but yeah, with the Harley Quinn one, I think, uh, she gets captured by the magistrate and like um can't remember exactly i think she's like trying to take it down obviously um but says uh she recruits the scarecrow to help so oh interesting yeah who knows they might just lump all the batman stuff into one oversized um trade Oh my gosh, it'll it'll be huge. <laughs> it'll be a huge trade. It would be, but um, I don't know. I don't know if it or would it be any bigger than like one of the Nightfall collections. Um, maybe it'd be that big because those, also those like, Nightfall books are pretty beefy. Yeah, but that's also like that's not how nowadays with DC and Marvel how they do their trades. That's a good point because you can't charge as much for for one big book as you can for a bunch of small ones yeah yeah marvel gets ridiculous with with their pricing stuff there are some spider-man books that are three issues long and they're still charging like 13 bucks for it yeah it's ridiculous so yeah like the next bat family book it's uh called dark detective and what this is is it's a it's a bruce wayne book okay like um this one's also a four issue long one this one is a little bit different it's 48 pages each um so each issue is going to be 5.99 dude every time i'm seeing this i'm excited for it but i just see the bill running up for me (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um but uh but yeah so so with this like essentially everyone thinks bruce wayne is dead Uh they think he's dead but obviously they're wrong that's not yeah. the case the usual and so it follows yeah yeah the usual um so it follows bruce wayne on the run from the magistrate like basically like trying to get away from them and i guess maybe like trying to take them down um but that's basically what that one's pretty much about like the the general premise of it Ooh, mama, um, he's in fear for his life from the long arm of the law but hey, yeah, this one it's coming down from the this Sorry, one go will also uh, <laughs> <laughs> this one will also have like a, a couple um 
couple backups like the the next batman this one the backups this one's like the weirdest one i think everyone forgot about grifter um oh gosh grifter i i forgot about grifter exactly so there's gonna be a grifter backup in the first issue of it jeez really um, why yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but Does the second backup care about Grifter? did anybody care about Grifter in so. the first place no i don't think so the only time i've ever like kind of liked grifter was watching the uh the flashpoint movie that was it yeah like the the only thing i know about grifter is that he was um he was, he was part, i have i have the the one volume of team team seven that came out because uh, after new 52 because they tried making that a thing um it didn't yeah. quite work he was like a member of that team and then he was in uh oh, what is it i think he was a member of Stormwatch after that which functioned a lot more like the authority than than Stormwatch. but yeah um, but that's because they they folded all the wild storm and vertigo stuff into the main dc continuity once the new 52 happened yeah and so yeah um but yeah like i it, it's like, so Grif- weird Grifter that is someone I consistently forget exists. Yeah, but as I'm like going through these, like you'll notice in main titles and in uh, backups that like pretty much most of the Bat family is included in this. So it's like, yeah, why not include some random <laughs> that no one remembers? Yeah, but uh, but one one backup I am interested in in this uh, Dark Detective book is a red hood backup Ooh. because because this is even more interesting jason todd he's working for the magistrate as a bounty hunter uh-huh okay and he's he's hunting down masked heroes and villains okay yeah um but then like it says that everything changes when a red hood gang reappears and i guess is like trying to cause him harm like make the magistrate like go against him or something yeah um it's an interesting premise for a backup this is a backup this sounds like it'd be great as its own book yeah it does yeah but that's yeah that's dark detective right there um and then with like another title this one like i'm excited for i got a feeling like not a ton of people will pick up but i'm looking forward to this it's robin eternal and it's Tim Drake as Robin. Yeah. Um, it sounds like a really fun book. Like, basically, there's a super drug that will make anyone who takes it um, do something. I don't know. I don't know what happens. It's a super drug. Make them super. Who knows? Could be, um, could be Venom. Yeah. It could. Be. Who knows? Yeah. But it's on its way to Gotham City. And the magistrate is... is over it basically trying to get it to gotham city to cause havoc whatever but robin and spoiler they're basically gonna go on like this heist mission that's twenty thousand feet in the air because that's how it's being transported how's spoiler got time for this if she's in the batgirls thing hey 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 (laughs) it happened that happened a month ago. This is today. Oh, okay. You know how comics work. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> but yeah, it's basically like this 20,000 feet heist um, where they have to like stop this from happening. And this is a two issue book. It's 32 pages each. Okay. A quick little quick little adventure. Okay. Um, 
and I should mention with all these books, like <clears throat> some of them are like new talent, but some of them are like artists and writers you've seen before, like um, Eddie Barrows or Barrows, I don't remember how to say his name. Mm. He's doing the art for this Robin Eternal book, which I'm psyched for. Uh, he did I'm not, most, okay, I was about to say, I'm not familiar. With well, other stuff. well, he did most of the art for uh, Tinian's Detective Comics run. Okay. And there are like some beautiful scenes in that. So I'm like, all right, I'm down for this. Yeah. And again, this is like right there. One story, $3.99 per issue. It's $8 to read this whole thing. That's what I'm so excited about Future State is like these whole stories, self-contained stuff. And I don't have to buy a hundred issues of a title. Yeah. I kind of like that. Yeah, I mean, I I do like I do like uh, continuous runs and stuff, but like sometimes I like the stuff, the self-contained stuff. Yeah, especially yeah. when it sounds interesting. Like a lot of the stuff sounds interesting. Yeah, for me, I do like um self-contained stuff as well. Like uh, Old Man Logan is one of my favorite like Wolverine yeah, books. Yeah, and that's that started self-contained. I do want to read the full Old Man Logan like ongoing series that happened because I'm super interested in that. And I love, and I think old man Logan is my favorite version of Wolverine, but uh, yeah, like the original old man Logan story can just be read by itself. I love that. I like that. So next book, this is one I'm not getting, but it still sounds interesting. Again, I'm trying to prioritize. I can't spend $500 in two months on comics. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, this one's a Catwoman book. Um hmm. It, it sounds interesting. It's um. It sounds like you're focusing pretty heavily on Batman stuff. Well, no, no, that's that's how they have it listed in this thing. Oh, okay. going from Bat Family, Superman Family, and then the Justice League family. Ah, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um. So yeah, whoever did this article, thank you, because it makes it so much easier to navigate than all the other ones. Um. But with this Catwoman book, basically, it's it's another two issue one. And this one, like, sounds, it's not like the Robin one, but it kind of reminded me of it because it's almost like a heist-type book because it's Catwoman, but it's not exactly. Like, the Magistrate has, he has, like, trains that go through Gotham where, like, they put people on it for, like, reformation. They go to, like, reformation facilities. Um, okay, so, like, re-education? I guess. I have no idea. But, um... But Catwoman is basically trying to stop this train. Okay. That's pretty much the book. Interesting. Yeah. Um, Nightwing has his own book. Again, sounds interesting. I'm trying to prioritize, though. I'm not going to get it. Um, This one, basically, uh, Arkham Asylum is abandoned at this point. Yeah. And Nightwing uses Arkham Asylum as his base. Okay. um, To try to, like stop the magistrate or whatever and it also says he has like an encounter with the new batman and stuff so mm. interesting stuff how the new batman got time for that if he's in his <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, here's a book that isn't set that far in the future i'm assuming this is a batman superman book with bruce wayne batman and clark kent superman okay um and this is another two-issue one. Uh, it's said that it's set in the early days of the Magistrate's occupation in Gotham City. Um, 
So I guess it just kind of shows how things will come about, or at least the early stages of them trying to go against the magistrate. Yeah, I was gonna say because like they're going they're going to have to explain somehow if if all this future state stuff takes place in like the same alternate future, um, yeah. they're gonna have to explain why Superman hasn't done anything about the magistrate. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I can't wait till I get to it. There's a Superman book that like it, it's it's like number one or number two for me out of all these books, but we'll get into it in a little bit. Um, but yeah, like all, I feel like most of these books will talk about what happened or whatever to why the future is like this, especially something like the next Batman. Like we think that definitely go into that, but uh, yeah, this is kind of early stages is what that book will be. Um, and then, so now this is getting into more Superman family books. This book I'm definitely getting. Um, it's Kara Zorel Superwoman mm. is what it's called. And um, this book sounds pretty cool. Obviously, Supergirl takes up the name Superwoman. And in this future, uh, she's based on the moon. Okay. And the reason for this is she watches over alien refugees um, Hmm. who basically call the moon their home. Um, And she basically just makes sure that no trouble happens. But then one day, an alien ship crash lands and threatens to turn everything upside down for them. That's pretty much the premise book. And this whole book, it's a two-issue thing, 32 pages each. Yeah. It sounds like it's a, a... grander story but it's like dang you're going to tell this in 64 pages but oh my gosh whenever you have internet access or like once we're done recording and stuff i'll I'll send some pictures to you super woman's outfit looks great because a lot of these characters get outfit changes like costume changes yeah is it is it really like it and is it anywhere as fantastic a design as the new supergirl it's not as good as that, but um, whenever you mentioned the whole cape thing, it reminded me of this. Um, she doesn't have a scarf, so it's not it's not copying that. Yeah. With this, instead of a cape, it's like a almost like a billowy skirt, but it looks okay. Really good. Is it like a is it like a um like like a half skirt where like the skirt just goes over her like her butt, or is it like a dress? It looks like it's it's an odd skirt. It looks like it comes out from the sides. Okay. Um, okay, okay. I've got an idea of in my head of what it might look like. Yeah, but I'll I'll send you of stuff that like looks really cool or anything like that. I'll send you images of later, but yeah, yeah. her her outfits on the first issue. Um and it looks great. But yeah, this book it, it sounds interesting. I'll definitely pick it up. Um and then the next Superman book is Superman of Metropolis. And what this is, is, and I'll get into what happens here, but the description here says, before Superman left the planet, he entrusted Earth's safety and the Superman mantle to his son, Jonathan Kent. And so in this book, we'll see Jonathan Kent basically being Superman, but like something... He, he's kind of doing it wrong because it sounds like he sh- maybe he doesn't do it. 
but Metropolis gets shrunken down. And it Uh-oh. sounds like possibly he did it to try to like keep it safe, like like super safeguarding it. But then like okay. Superwoman or Supergirl, however you want to say it, she's like kind of like John, like, what the heck, man? <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, dude, it's not cool. Not cool, man. Um, so yeah, that that's been the brainiac, man. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much like the general premise of that. And that one's only two issues long. I mean, it's crazy seeing how short some of these are. Um and that one also has backups too. It's got uh you're talking about random stuff. It's got the Guardian as a backup in this. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess he is like a Metropolis-based hero, if I remember correctly. But so. still, like, when was the last time the Guardian was big? I Was he ever? Exactly. The next, the next like, backup. I've always considered him like a random background element to the yeah. DC universe. Sure. Yeah. I, I will say, like, the next one makes more sense just because of modern day popularity there's a mr miracle backup um and basically his backup is about he's in this bottled city and And he's got to escape maybe we'll see because that's his thing (laughs) is escaping yeah yeah but yeah it sounds interesting but oh yeah for for listeners who well mr miracle is a little more popular these days but for listeners who might not know mr miracle is a superhero whose whole thing is that he's like a master escape artist yeah yeah that he can he can like get out of any trap or or containment of like any kind that's his whole his whole deal and that's all we'll say about his whole deal because if you get into backstory people yeah yeah no it's way too complicated it's over yeah 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 um wait that's a that's an episode by itself yeah yeah uh, but read it involves like it involves like the new gods and fourth world and all that. Yeah, so. yeah. And Jack yeah. Kirby and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we should that's... do a Jack Kirby episode at some point. I'd, I'd be down for it. Yeah, just talking about him. Yeah, I'd be down for it. But um, so yeah, that's Superman of Metropolis. Interesting little book. Um, and then the next one is interesting. I'm not picking it up again. Prioritizing. There's, all of these sound interesting, but this one is uh, Superman versus Imperious Lex. <laughs> um, with this book, it sounds like Lex Luthor has set up like his own utopia, and like it's prospering in the future. Um, and by the sounds of it, it sounds like uh, like Superman and Lois Lane are like suspicious of this, and they're trying to like investigate it or something. Okay. So that's basically yeah. what that one is. I mean, I'd be suspicious too. Yeah, yeah, of, of course. But yeah, that's. So when you say Superman and Lois, is it Clark or John? Oh, good point. I did not think it doesn't say. It says huh. Superman. Maybe they did that on purpose. Ooh, yeah, maybe. But yeah, this sounds interesting. Oh, and what I mean by Utopia is like <clears throat> he's a part of like. Uh, united planets like basically like the un okay but for intergalactic stuff yeah so yeah it's interesting little book i want to see dc and marvel tackle the like idea of human colonization of other planets a little bit more like that'd be cool yeah 
because Marvel started doing that a little bit with Black Panther um, and how like Wakanda is turning into like an interplanetary empire now. But um, I want to see them do stuff like that more. Like aliens have existed for a long time in these comics now with their own like empires and such. And, you know, human technology on Earth has gotten, you know, really far along, especially in, like, Marvel. So it's like, I'd love to see Marvel in particular tackle the idea of, like, humans becoming an interplanetary empire um, and, like, actually starting to rival the Skrulls and the Kree in that regard. Yeah. That would rather be- than keeping all of it Earth-based. Like, I, I understand that, you know, you got to keep it grounded in some regard, but, like, I don't know, it just makes sense to me. Yeah, that yeah. after a certain point, Earth would just join the intergalactic community. Yeah. And you see uh, in the, um, if you pause it, you can see the E.T. aliens in the council and stuff. <laughs> sure. Um... <laughs> so, yeah. Um, okay anyway next title next title yeah next title this one is the one i was like leading up to when i said i'm excited for this one so in the previous or one before where i superman of metropolis where it says superman leaves the planet um with this basically like uh superman has gone off the planet i don't know if it's by his own will or not um and he's now spending his time as a gladiator in War World. So this oh, is so it's Planet Superman. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 DC's Planet Hulk, basically. Okay, that sounds dope as hell. I know it. It, I it looks dope. Be, I I want that in my hands right now, and I want to read it. Yeah, you need to see the cover too, because like he's like that's another picture you'll have to send me. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send you the picture because like uh yeah it looks. But yeah, it, I want to see. I want to see that though. Superwoman costume. I want to see Gladiator Superman. I want to see all of it. But yeah, with this one, it's two issues, but each issue is sixty-four pages long. But, okay. Um, oh, so that's a nice beefy one then. Yeah, yeah, nice, nice little little story right there. But yeah, it, it sounds because yeah, all you got to say is okay, Superman, but Planet Hulk. That's it. It's like okay. Yes. Oh my down. gosh. Yes, I want that. I want that. I know. It's dope. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most. But uh, so that one also has uh, backups as well. Um, It's got a Midnighter backup. Okay. Um, It has a, this is an odd one, a Black Racer backup. Okay. This one, that actually sounds kind of cool because it says. So like, wait a minute, like Black Racer, like the flash death specter yeah. or black racer like the new god oh i was thinking the the flash death i didn't think about that hold on no it is it is oh wait no it's the new god dang it <laughs> i was hoping it was the because that'd just be so insane okay yeah. i guess that makes more sense yeah, see that's cause... that's the issue with having more than one character with yeah. the same name in, this, in a single universe yeah but with that um it says that like He's in the slums of War World, and he's okay. also fighting for his freedom. Um, and then there's not many crossover stuff. Like most of these books, you can just pick up, and you don't have to pick up any of the other ones. But if you 
want to find out more about the Mr. Miracle backup from the other Superman book, this one has like a conclusion for that. Okay, yeah, I was about to say these Superman ones seem to be telling the story of the new gods in this future state timeline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in their backups and all that. Yeah. But um but yeah. Superman Worlds of War. That's gonna be dope. Yeah. Uh so yeah, the next I think this is the last Superman title. Then it gets into everything else. Uh this one is Superman Wonder Woman. And what okay. this is, it's it's the new Superman. It's Jonathan Kent and it's the mm-hmm. new Wonder Woman. Okay. Who I'll go over in a little bit. That's basically what it is. Um not sure what their their problem is. <laughs> <laughs> hey buddy, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean it like that. Like uh Oh, it says they uh, they must team up together in order to stop arrogant gods from destroying cities. Okay, okay. That, that sounds like a sounds like a Superman Wonder Woman problem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's that book. Again, I'm not picking that one up. It sounds good. Again, prioritize. And the, and this one because it's the the new Superman, the new Wonder Woman. This is a version where everybody would be okay with them boning down on each other because. Uh, <laughs> Because yeah, because there is no lowest like, line. It doesn't disrespect the greatest romance in comic book history. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like yeah, like Superman's son and Wonder Woman's successor in some regard. Don't know if it's her kid or not. Uh, can be romantically <laughs> linked to each other. That's okay. Yeah. Just sure. as long as it's not the actual Superman and Wonder Woman that we have all known and loved for decades. Because yeah, yeah. That doesn't work. Yeah. Great job, 52, new 52. Yeah. Um, oh, there, there is one last title, but like, there's no information on it. Um, it's called, last title of the Superman stuff. It's called uh, House of L. It's only a one-issue title, and there's no information on it. And I even look for solicitation. House of L. Is that E-L? E-L, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. I was gonna say, but House of L sounds like Lex Luthor. Lex Luthor but yeah. if it's but if it's House of E L, then that's yeah, that's um, yeah, it could be anything. That's a Superman thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh that's the Batman and the Superman stuff. Then it gets into Justice League stuff. Um, obviously, the big title is Justice League itself, which yeah. is it's six characters, but they're all different. <clears throat> You've got. Um, well, I would hope they would all be different from each other. There's six of them. <laughs> yep. Six of the same guy. Yep. Got multiple man here. Um, but no, His yeah. only power is that there's more than one of them. Yeah. So. yeah. Good luck, world. <laughs> <laughs> this is your new Justice League, yeah. the multiplication guy. But this one... <laughs> Oh, this one's also a two-issue one, but it's 48 pages per issue. I'm getting this one because it does sound interesting. Um, okay. it's, it's got the next Batman, so the new Batman. It's got Jonathan Kent, um, uh, Superman. It's got the new Wonder Woman. Yeah. Um, this, the hair, and because it looks like it's a woman, makes me think Kid Quick is on this team. Okay. Are they dressed like the Flash? It's not. It, yes, they are the Flash, but it's not that outfit that you saw before. But okay. I mean, this is white hair. Um, I think then it's probably someone different because if 
this future state seems like it's supposed to be a potential future for Prime Earth, yeah, whereas yeah, Teen sense. Justice takes place on Earth 11. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. So, yeah, you've got, you've got a new Batman, you got new Wonder Woman, new Superman, new Flash, uh, looks like a new Aquaman, which is a Aqua Woman, and then a, uh, a new Green Lantern, who is a African-American man. Okay. So that's uh that's not super groundbreaking because there yeah, black yeah. green lanterns before. Yeah, exactly. But no, it, it sounds interesting. All these new characters and plus the story sounds it's interesting. All, it would only be groundbreaking if he was gay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to make mean jokes about this. <laughs> but uh this story, I mean like cuz here's the thing. I'll get into it later, but I'm probably not going to pick up the new Wonder Woman book. It's cool. There's been it's... a gay Green Lantern now too, so that's not like special or new anymore either. Sorry, I don't mean yeah, to interrupt yeah. you. I just no, no, realized. No, no. I I do see what you mean. Yeah, but um, I'll get into it later. But I probably won't pick up the new Wonder Woman book, even though it's cool that's a new Wonder Woman. It's just like the story doesn't really interest me. Mm. With this, even though it's all new people, the story does sound interesting. Like basically, there's this new Justice League, and then one of their enemies wound up dead in the abandoned hall of justice and it's kind of like a a murder mystery type of thing like who's the culprit kind of mm-hmm. um it's 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 a justice league mystery book which is always good except for heroes in crisis but it was done really well in identity crisis so maybe which also wasn't super well done well, I mean, there were little things within that. I mean, if you want to say it's not well done, you can say the the fridging thing. But other than that, the story was really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, what was I about to say? Right. Um, so, again, I know I keep making this joke of like, how do they have time to do that when they're in this <laughs> thing? But I'm going to be totally honest. Yeah, I know we need a new Justice League. But don't you think that the new Batman has something just a little bit more important to be doing than being on the Justice League. Yeah, but maybe this is after he beats the Magistrate. And don't you think <laughs> if this Justice League exists, maybe they should be helping him deal with that? Uh, we got bigger problems. We've got, uh, it doesn't say the villain, but let's say uh, we've got Condiment King is dead in the Hall of Justice. We gotta solve this. <laughs> Penny Plunderer is dead. Penny Plunderer is dead in the hall. With, with a dog corpse laying next yeah. to him. <laughs> <laughs> that would... to our Batman Dog Welder episode yeah, yeah. if you want to get that joke. That would hey, be the oh. most insane thing if I was scrolling down on Future State and I saw Dog Welder as a title. I'd be like, what the heck? <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Justice League title, it sounds pretty good. This one also has a backup. It's got a Justice League Dark backup. Um, I don't remember what it's about. Oh, wow. it says it says the team is on the run from the Crow King. I don't know who the Crow King is. The King um, of Crows, obviously. Oh yeah, obviously. And the Crow King is hunting down any and all magic users. So either that or he's a giant frog. Yes. The Crow I, King. I would like to imagine the Crow <laughs> King is just like a dude with a giant crow head. <laughs> he doesn't talk. He's yeah. 
Actually, no, crows can talk. Never mind. But yeah, like it's, carrots. It, it sounds interesting. It's not like up there in like the top five of what I want to get, but I'm definitely getting this book. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that's Justice League. And then the next one is Aquaman. Um, yeah. And uh, the cover's great. I'd like, for the most part, most of these covers are great. This one looks really good. Um, My man. <laughs> yeah, we don't get that Aquaman. We don't get Arthur. Is it Curry? Yeah, Arthur Curry. Okay. We don't get we don't get a uh, the the Rick and Morty simulated mailman Aquaman. <laughs> Mommy. Yeah, but uh, but with this, it's um, it's the current Aqualad. Like he takes up the mantle of Aquaman. Um, okay. And not only that, he's also like training. Arthur and Mara's teenage daughter. Um, okay. So he's training her, but then like something happens to where the two get lost in like an interdimensional, it says Nexus, known as the Confluence. They get lost in that. Um, so it's kind of dealing with that about them trying to get back home. The thing is, I saw the actual solicitation and it sounded like she gets lost. And he's probably also lost, but he has to find her. And it made okay. me think this is finding Nemo for Aquaman. <laughs> oh my god. I'm down. So okay. So the the current Aqualad slash Aquaman for this book, is it Calderon? Um, it says Jackson Hyde. Oh, I'm not familiar with that character. I unfortunately yeah, I am not totally up to date with Aquaman as much as I love the character. Yeah, but... I need to read more Aquaman books. Aquaman was one of the first DC comics I actually started reading. Yeah. And uh, for some reason, I just haven't gotten a whole lot of them. I wish I continued with the uh, the Rebirth series because that was like pretty dope. Yeah, I want to get all the way through the New 52 series before I start the Rebirth series. Yeah. So far for Aquaman, I've read the first two volumes of the New 52 series and then the Throne of Atlantis crossover, and that's pretty much it. Okay, I got you. But yeah, this Aquaman book sounds interesting. Again, it's one of those two issue ones. Pretty quick. I like the I like the cover. Like the cover art's great, but I also like uh like they're basically like a half pipe wave is coming over and the daughter is like surfing on like this looks like a stingray slash like deep sea weird looking creature she's like surfing on it that's okay. really cool um so yeah that's uh that's the aquaman book all right and then the flash the flash obviously has to get a book if it deals with yeah time or time travel um this one is is another one i'm going to get it's not high on my list but it does sound interesting it says wally Here's the thing. <laughs> Whenever I read this, I was like, dang it, everyone just doesn't like Wally. But hey, it does sound interesting. It says Wally West has been possessed by an evil entity that has escaped from the speed force. Um of course. Yeah, and basically the rest of the Flash family has to deal with that. Yeah, because <laughs> oh ever ever since ever since the actual like rebirth part of the whole rebirth timeline ended, they've done nothing but come completely obliterate yeah. everything about Wally <laughs> yeah. for as much as they did to build him up in Rebirth. Everything just since it's just been about it like ripping back down. Yeah. 
and also, also another little thing with this, um, they have to stop Wally, but the problem is they lost their power. So, a little interesting. Thing oh, there. dang. Man. Again, that's another two-issue one. These things are hmm. small. Yeah. All right, so that's The Flash. Definitely getting it. Um, and then the next one, Green Lantern. I'm getting this. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it's about. Oh, it's called, the main story is called The Last Lanterns. Um, it says okay. that Jon Stewart and a team of Green Lanterns are trapped behind enemy lines. Um, even worse, they've been left defenseless when their rings run out of power. So that's like the main story that's going on. Um, okay. Jon Stewart and Killiwag or whoever. Killawag? Killawag, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's also backups with this one. There's the book of Guy. Um, <laughs> that's what it's called. Guy Gardner is such a dork. Yeah. The backup, this is the description. Guy, Gard- Guy Gardner is trapped on a distant world, but that hasn't stopped him from opening up a bar. I'll read that. <laughs> Guy Gardner just running <laughs> a bar. like. Yeah, as, as much as... I think Guy Gardner is just a joke of a character. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I I would read that. Yeah, he's he's such a joke that like I want him for the, these type of roles. Because like, he's such a he's just a doofus. Oh yeah, he sucks. Like he's like I know he was kind of introduced as like the new cool Green Lantern when he first came out, but he was so he was so doofy. Oh yeah, with a stupid sure. bowl cut and his like. Yeah, his jacket as his Green Lantern uniform. I loved it whenever I don't remember what it was in it. It may have been in uh, the Justice League book from the eighties or nineties when like he's going off on Batman and then Batman just punches him and knocks him out. <laughs> yes, yes, so that's great. Awesome. I think that's uh, Justice League International. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and one of the. Uh, one of the most um, like satisfying parts of the death of Superman because the JLA at the time was not made up of A-listers. It was, Superman was the only A-lister on the team, and everybody else was a uh, like Guy Gardner, who wasn't even technically a Green Lantern at the time. He had a different type of power ring, and like uh, uh, Blue Beetle, I think Fire yeah, and Ice, yeah. and like Bloodwind, who I think is... it turns out was Martian Manhunter in disguise. The thing is, one day if I like. If I find a library that for some reason has an omnibus of that Justice League book, I'll read it. Because, like, yeah. I kind of like how random that roster is. It's interesting. Yeah, it's a bit weird. Yeah. But, yeah, like, the most the most satisfying part of the death of Superman's storyline is, like, when Guy gets beaten down by Doomsday. Because yeah, yeah. the entire Justice League showed up to try and oppose Doomsday while Superman was busy. But then Doomsday, like, wailed on him, and Superman had to go deal with it. Yeah. And like I said, it wasn't the A-list Justice League everyone thinks of when they think of the Justice League. So, like, it wasn't Batman, Wonder Woman, Hal, or John. Um, no, the Green the Green Lantern they had on call, who wasn't even a Green Lantern at the time, <laughs> was Guy. Yeah. No. So yeah, that's the uh, that's the Green Lantern book. 
And, then, and it wasn't the Jaime Reyes Blue Beetle either, because he was like a early two thousands character. It was oh, yeah, Ted Cord. Yeah, Blue yeah. Beetle. So he was basically Batman, but not quite as cool. Yeah, yeah. You got your your discount Batman. Yeah. So yeah, that's the Green Lantern book. It's interesting. It's not in top five of what I want, but it's one yeah. that I will buy though. And then uh, this one, the story sounds interesting. I think the main reason I'm getting this book is for the cover. It's Immortal Wonder Woman is what okay. it's called. And I'll, I'll send you, I'm definitely sending you this cover. Like we've talked about cover art before. This is a beautiful cover. Like this is right. like 10 out of 10 cover. Like this is how you do covers. Um it's just such a gorgeous cover like uh i'll just have to send it to you it's it's amazing for those that are listening look up these covers but most important look up immortal wonder woman it just looks great hmm. ah, but the story um it says uh wonder woman has must take on a massive threat at the end of time um, it says that this promises to be full of big action and high fantasy. This doesn't really go into much detail um, in the actual solicitation. It said that like uh, it, it is like the end of time, basically, and there's not any other superheroes, which is why you'll see in the cover, she's wearing Batman's utility belt. And okay. she has a necklace with a green lantern ring on it as well. Um those aren't the great parts of about the cover. That's just like something I noticed after the fact. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was going to say like, even at the end of time, you'd think that there would be other green lanterns out there that that ring could have gone to. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, it, it sounds pretty. I, I, I'd, I'd love to see a thing where it's like, it's the end of time and wonder woman's the only person left and all of the Green Lanterns are dead, so like you just get this massive swarm of Green Lantern rings coming to her because she's the only <laughs> person left, and they all just start attaching themselves to yeah. her, like pelting her, like <laughs> getting beat to death by flying Green Lantern rings. She doesn't have enough fingers for them because there's thirty six hundred. Yeah, and that's not. For for listeners out there who aren't super familiar with Green Lantern, that's not me being like like exaggerating the number of, of Green Lantern rings or picking a random number that sounds high. There are exactly thirty six hundred Green Lantern rings. Oh, what she does with it though, in in that case is like all these Green Lantern rings are flying at her, and uh, she eventually is able to like catch them all and stuff. And what she does is she works them down and makes her armor out of the Green Lantern. Oh my gosh. And it all ends up being pointless anyway because she's the only living thing in the universe. Yeah. <laughs> so what use does this Green Lantern armor have? Yeah, exactly. Moments away from the heat death of the universe. She's like, well, got this dope armor. I guess I'll die. <laughs> oh, one thing I should just mention real quick. I just noticed while like awing over this cover art because it just looks so great is uh, she has like some white or gray streak in part of her hair so i guess it does show that it is like sometime in the future Ooh. i can't wait to see this cover it's i don't know what it is i don't know what it is about female character design in particular that i like um but it's just like anytime like 
more interesting elements are added to like a female character's design. I'm like, oh yeah, that looks cool. Yeah. Like, like no. I think maybe one of the reasons I like the new Supergirl's design so much is because it's for Supergirl and not a Superboy. Yeah. Like honestly, not a lot of her costume has really changed. Like or, or like her her aesthetic at least. Like the main stuff is like the grayer white streak, um her wearing the utility belt, wearing the yeah, necklace. And then yeah, um I, her hair is put up. Like it's like tied up. Okay, yeah. Cause I was gonna say, like, for me to to spice up Wonder Woman's design, especially if it's like a future version of her, all you really need to do is, you know, give her the white streak. Yeah, yeah. Give her a Green sure. Lantern ne- necklace and give her Batman's utility belt. It's like that by itself is like sounds visually interesting enough to me that I could just stare at it for hours. Yeah. Like I said, I don't know what it is about female character design. I just like it. Yeah. That's it's hard to know that exactly why. Maybe it's because I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's because um, male characters are a little easier to design for, and like they tend to be kind of bland in comparison to their female counterparts. So, like, yeah, when it when it comes to designing a a female character's costume or even just her general look. There's something about it where it's like there's I, I feel like there's just a little more thought that needs to be put into it to make it, you know, and uh, but also at the same time like it's inherently more interesting to look at. I don't know. I can't explain yeah, yeah. that. No, I can see that. But yeah, Immortal Want Wonder Woman. It looks great. Um, the next title, I, I guess it makes sense because like, Bendis has been writing this. There's a Legion of Superhero Future State book coming out. Um, mm. it, it's a two issue one. Uh, it's not one I'm going to get, but um, Le- Legion of Superheroes present state. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, it says uh, the Legion of Superheroes is already set in the far future, but we get to see even further into it to see oh, what was gracious. what has happened to these heroes. Now it's the 61st century. It doesn't seem like things have gone well with the team disbanded. In their place is the weird Legion of Substitute Heroes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, like, Bouncing... No, Bouncing Boy was on the main Legion, wasn't he? Uh, um, maybe. I can't remember, but, like, Arm Fall Off Boy, that would be... Yeah, it's going to be one your, of them, I think. your oddballs. Yeah, the ones who don't have practical powers of any kind. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's that book. Um... The next one, I'll I'll get this because it does sound interesting. It's a the Teen Titans book. Um, mm, mm. Again, this is like another two issue one. This one's thirty two pages each, which is weird because you hear the story and it's like sounds like it'd be longer. But um, <clears throat> it says the original Teen Titans have formed a school in order to train and mentor the next generation of heroes. All right. Unfortunately, that all goes out the window after a terrible battle destroys everything and tears uh-huh. the team apart. And this is okay. basically the aftermath of that. Um, it also says that um, Red X will make his first comic appearance in this. I've been hearing about that. Yeah. About how, how Red X is getting teed up to make his appearance. I yeah. All right. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it, it already sounds interesting, but you also got a factor. It's only two issues. They're three ninety nine yeah. each. This is eight dollars. Like, 
this is worth it. Okay. So yeah, that's with uh with Teen Titans. And then this one is like an honorable mention. Like if it turns out really good, I'll buy it, but it's a Shazam book. And okay. uh this is another two issue one. Again, it's set oh, this one's it says it's set years after the events. Okay, I guess it's slightly tied in with the Teen Titans book. It says it's set years after the events of the Teen Titans book. Um it says Billy Batson has not been Billy, oh, never mind. I thought it was saying Billy Batson hasn't been around for a very long time. Oh, that might be the case. I guess it's just Shazam this whole time. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, like he's been staying in his Shazam form, kind <laughs> yeah, of like Kingdom Come? I think so, yeah. All right. Yeah, it says that people have speculated that he is no longer controlling Shazam. Okay. Oh, all right. Oh, and in the solicitation... The actual solicitation it was saying like uh it's kind of going to be like an a introspective look at shazam kind of like an inward battle kind of so it might be okay. an interesting book I'll, I'll wait till i see like reviews of it before i start think about buying it basically yeah before making a decision yeah yeah because even though i mean that's it's only going to be eight dollars to read that but I'm paying $168 for all the other books. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like priorities. Exactly. So that's that. And then, um, then there's a suicide squad book, but it's, uh, it's not the suicide squad that you're thinking of. This is yeah, no, they're all probably dead by this point. Yeah. This is earth three suicide squad. Okay. So this is an alternate timeline suicide squad altogether. Al- alternate timeline. And plus with earth three, it's the, uh, the good guys are bad and bad guys right, are good. Right, right. That's the that's the crime syndicator. Yeah. So I this, forgot about that. This Suicide Squad is made up of basically Justice League characters, pretty much. Okay. And it's like, I guess Amanda Waller trying to run this Task Force X, but maybe something goes wrong. I don't know. It sounds kind of interesting, but uh, yeah, again, that's... prioritize. Yeah, that sounds pretty crazy, actually. Yeah. Earth Three Suicide Squad. That that sounds like fun, actually. Yeah, yeah. And this one, because a movie is coming out eventually, it has a uh, a Black Adam backup in it. Oh, okay. Yeah, still don't know when that movie is actually supposed to come out. Yep. 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 Black Adam basically versus the Justice Society of America. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Hawkman in a movie finally. Oh yeah, 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 for sure, definitely, definitely, definitely. All right, how many more we got? There's two left. Okay. So this one is interesting because, like, it's surprising that this one got a title. The Swamp Thing one I mentioned before. Yeah, um, yeah, Swamp Thing. With this, it sounds like. Swamp Thing is kind of the villain, which I mean, if you can, if you read some Swamp Thing stuff, it, it it's it's oh, like, yeah. are you going to take the side with Swamp Thing? Or are you going to take the side with the humans? That sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because Swamp Thing, he's not like a, a superhero in the in the traditional sense. He's more of a neutral party where his his yeah. goal is he protects nature. 
Yeah, and exactly. that's, he protects plants specifically, and that's that's pretty much it. And whoever he has to fight to accomplish that, he'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. And this one says it's set in a future that is ravaged by a terrible war, and a new swamp thing appears. Ooh, um, a new swamp thing. Yeah. And it says the only problem is that the last of humanity will not like this, and they will be willing to bring war once again. It seems okay. like the new swamp thing versus people. And the cover is interesting. It's not, it's not an amazing cover like some of these, but I do like the illustration. It's the Statue of Liberty, but it's like, it's got Swamp Thing roots and stuff coming out of it. It looks cool. Okay. Um, so there's that, and then the very last book is Wonder Woman. This is the new Wonder Woman. Um, yeah. And what this is is. Uh, it's the first appearance of this brand new Wonder Woman. Her name is Yara Floor. Um, she's originating from the Amazon rainforest. She will emerge from it in order to save the Amazons from Themyscira, who are trapped in Hades' underworld. Okay, so she's so this is um, a Brazilian Wonder Woman then. Yeah, yeah. Spicy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Her costume's good too. Like. Yeah, you'll have to send me a picture of that. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, I want to see see Planet Hulk Superman. I want to see the new Superwoman. I want to see this new Wonder Woman. Like, you've got a lot of images to send me. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of this stuff is super interesting. Like, I already mentioned, I'm getting over half these books. I'm getting 13 of these books. Um, And, yeah, it's, I don't know, Future State sounds really interesting. And I mentioned yeah. with covers and stuff, I'd say, obviously, Immortal Wonder Woman, when I send that to you, that's the best cover out of all these. It looks mm. amazing. Um, the next Batman looks pretty good, too. Um, the color scheme with it is pretty good. Um, I think I was, like, my third place would probably be uh, the Superwoman book. That's pretty good. I'll, I'll send you these pictures and stuff, but yeah. Future State, January and February. I wish it was sooner. Like, I, I don't want to have to wait two months, but I'm okay with that, I guess. At least it's not like they announced it and it's like, it comes out next fall. I'd be like, dang it, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah, get to cool. use that Christmas money. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's DC Future State then. That's everything that's coming up and yeah. How interested our resident DC guy is in it. I'm psyched. I'm personally interested in most of the uh if not all of the Superman stuff that was mentioned. Yeah. A decent chunk of the Batman stuff and Swamp Thing and Aquaman. Those are like yeah. the the ones I'm most interested in out of all these. And like I said, I'm probably I'm going to wait for like the trades and stuff. Cause that's how I read comics. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to when I can read these in whatever form they come. Yeah. Alrighty, Brandon, if you yeah. do not give me plugs and recommendations right now, I will boil your teeth. Oh, Oh my. Oh, uh... Trying to think. Oh yeah, plugs. Um, <laughs> yeah, your thing that you've been doing. Yeah, yeah, thing I've been doing. Um, 
you check out Disney Comics on Facebook and Instagram. That's D I S M A Y Comics. Um, yeah, you can check out all the indie comics. <coughs> oh, sorry, on. No, it's no problem. Um, you can check out that stuff. And we just finished our our first issue in terms of like the comic art and lettering and all that. Our first issue of uh, the Gallows Man number one. And so now, once the semester is over in the next week or two, I can focus on getting everything else done with that, like cover art and letters, pages, and stuff like that. And then hopefully have a Kickstarter for that, like early next year, like maybe January, February at the latest. Um, so yeah, that's what's going on with that. And then recommendations. I haven't really had too much time to watch stuff that much um i'll say two things i saw two tv shows that i really like um the americans is a really good show Hmm. it's uh it's on hulu what it's about is it's set in the 80s during the, the height of the cold war basically and there are kgb agents living in america like disguised in america um and you follow this husband and wife who have been these hidden kgb agents for 20 years or so like they have children and stuff um it's just kind of their lives as these spies basically like they they have fronts and stuff like they run a a uh travel tourist business thing but then like at night they'll like sneak off or whatever to do whatever uh moscow orders them to do and you you see through the show like all these different hidden elements throughout like the city and stuff of uh just the the kgb roots and stuff it's it's pretty interesting it's uh, six seasons in total. I haven't finished it yet. I've only seen seasons one and two. Season one is really good. Like all throughout that season, it was great. It was a, a, a overall great season. Season two is good. It's not as great as season one. Season two, like, focus. it's good to have a focal point on a show, but it focuses on this one thing that happens early in the season to where like I don't know I I just like didn't care about that that thing that much as it progressed on Mm. it was like it was was basically like who killed these people kind of um and then you find out at the end it's like eh, it's not the best payoff but it's not bad um but no overall from what I've seen the show is pretty good and then my major recommendation is a show on Netflix. It's a limited series show called The Queen's Gambit. Mm. Um, it's only seven episodes long. They're an hour long each. And it's set in, I think like the 50s, or no, no, no the 60s. Like 50s and 60s, because it's this girl's life. Um, it's this girl who, uh, her mom dies in a car accident. Oh, hold on, there's... Someone's car is going off, I guess, across the street. 
Okay, they fixed it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so this this girl, her mom dies in a car accident. Um, and she's she's maybe like seven when it happens, so she's really young, and the dad's not in the picture. So she has to go to an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And uh, also another thing, like the mom... Um, you find out in the first episode, but as like flashbacks happen here and there, you find out the mom wasn't all there. And also in the first episode, you kind of see like, I think the mom may have been trying to kill both of them in the car accident. Like it was like on purpose, um, like a suicide. So it's, it's really sad seeing that, but this girl, she goes to live in an orphanage and while she's there, um, the janitor there plays chess in the basement like he plays against himself and like she really picks up on that she doesn't really care about like all the other stuff that they do at the orphanage but she really likes chess and so she gets really into chess and she gets really good at it and kind of the show is just like the progression of that like uh the first episode is mostly when she's young um learning chess and stuff like that but after that like she eventually gets adopted and then uh she enters into like big competitions and stuff like that and she just gets like more and more famous kind of being this this like genius at chess like she's able to like play games in her head and stuff like play chess games in her head yeah genius at it um and it's just this child prodigy basically like growing up but then like there's things here and there like her being so young like teenage age where she's got a crazy pill problem that that happened from the orphanage like this was before stuff was really regulated in terms of sedatives and stuff and they gave the orphans that so she kind of got addicted to that as well as like uh her basically becoming like an alcoholic and stuff okay you almost see like this uh this rock star like like how a rock star kind of rises and falls but with this chess star basically Um, yeah it's it's really interesting that reminds me of um this one movie that my mom and I watched together a while ago. I cannot for the life of me remember its name. Is it called Fresh? Why? It's the only chess movie I can think of. No, it was, um, it had Bill Pullman, I think, in it um, as like an alcoholic chess, ma- chess master who um, was playing chess for America in like Cold War era. So this kind of ties into both the things you mentioned so far. Um, uh, and he was like playing against like the Russian um, guy, but then like there's all this espionage stuff happening in the background, and like he's a part of it. And it's like I cannot remember what that movie's called. I'll I'll be right back and see if my mom can remember. She probably can't because she um, doesn't pay that much attention to movie titles before just turning them on. But uh, yeah, I'll go awesome. I'll go ask her if she remembers. I'll be right back. The coldest game. Oh, okay. A little bonus recommendation from me, uh, but continue. Yeah. Oh, but uh, yeah, with you mentioning the the Russian stuff, that also made me think with the show with the Queen's Gambit. Like, yeah, like there's during like Cold War era, like yeah, there was like the Soviets, the Russians were basically 
the top dogs of chess and stuff. And there's this one guy in the show, like all of this is historical fiction. Like it's set in like times that we know with stuff that we know, but these characters are, are fictional. Um, But there's this, this Russian guy that she's, it's basically like her, her end goal is to beat this guy. And then whatever happens from there happens, but that's what she's trying to do. That's what she's trying to reach is to beat him and basically be like the world champion. Um, All right. But yeah, it's it's a pretty good show. It's only seven episodes long. I'm almost done with it. I got to watch the last episode sometime this weekend. All right. That one sounds interesting. Yeah, it's really good. Um, all righty. And then plugs and recs for me. I already gave you one bonus one, The Coldest Game. That's a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and then there's also for plugs, uh, you're listening to one of them, Store Brand Comics, this podcast right here. We try to publish every week there might be um one or two uh episodes or weeks coming up here where we might miss an episode uh just with thanksgiving coming up and uh like thursday is our recording day so like with thanksgiving coming up and i also have um as of this recording right now a wedding coming up that i uh, am the best man in so i'm not going to be available uh, to record and stuff so we're we're just we're getting a little busy uh, this month. So, um, but yeah, we we typically try to have episodes up every week. Um, so yeah, and uh, then for another rec, not rec, uh, plug, another <laughs> plug is uh, Scoundrels, D&D for Terrible People. Um, that is our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. It's a dark comedy about a group of villains um, being just awful people um uh by the time this episode comes out our like the second arc should have concluded the weird one in the in the in the brothel um (laughs) and um the uh actual bank heist that we've been building up to should be underway uh by the time you hear this so yeah Scoundrels D&D for Terrible People. I'm the Dungeon Master. Brandon's one of my players. And our friends Dan, Stefan, and Clay are the other three players. So it's good fun. Weird. Um, not <laughs> not all ages. Like like, uh, like we try to keep this one. So be, you know, be forewarned about that. Um, but yeah, you can hear that in pretty much all the same places you can hear this one. But all right. Plugs are out of the way. Recommendations. Uh, I've got two. They're both anime. Um, one is called That is the Bottleneck. Um, it Every episode is four minutes. So it's pretty short. And it is a horror. I believe. It, yes, it's a horror thing. Um... It's very like kind of quiet and calm and slow paced for the most part. Uh, I think it might also be a comedy. I don't know. It, it takes place at a convenience store. Um, and it centers around like the employees of this convenience store and occasionally the customers. But um, there's this thing about one of the guys who works there, Muto. Nobody can like no, nobody ever sees his face. But those who do see his face like they freak out like oh my gosh your face and then like nobody ever sees that person again oh, okay um 
And they did in the in as of this recording, the most recent episode revealed his face. I'm not gonna tell anybody what it looks like. Um, it's handsome Squidward. <laughs> handsome Squidward. Um, but yeah, so it it is a horror series technically, I think. Um, but yeah, it's four minutes for every episode, so it's it's pretty short. Okay. And um, and it's got a really cool theme song. And like the theme song plays at the end of every episode. And I like it. Um, but yeah. So I figured I'd recommend that since uh, Brandon's a horror guy. So And it's nice and short. So if you're, if you're at all interested in that series, That is the Bottleneck is the name of it. Okay. That does sound interesting. And then uh, <clears throat> a more general one, a comedy one, like definitively a comedy one. Uh, Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle is a new anime that's been airing this season. I love this show. Um, it's about a demon king has kidnapped an adorable princess uh, and he's keeping her in his castle. And the hero um, has put together a party and he's going to go save the princess from the demon king. But the show is not about the hero. The show is about the princess. And all she wants to do in this castle is sleep. She's just trying to sleep it out. Um, but she can't because it's a demon castle. It's difficult to like get comfortable enough to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So every episode is made up of like two or three segments where each new segment is about her trying to find a new way to help her fall asleep. And as a result, she goes around terrorizing all the monsters and demons in the castle. Um, not not necessarily intentionally, it's just a result of her trying to find a way to sleep like for example um in the first episode she decides she needs new sheets she's like how am i gonna get new sheets and then she sees like this ghostly sheet floating by like "Ooh, i'm a ghost sheet like it's all evil and stuff she's like oh okay now i need scissors so i can like cut that sheet and get it on my bed and then a demon made of scissors brings food to her room and she's like hey can i borrow one of your scissors he's like sure and so she takes the scissors and goes and slices the face off of this sheet, effectively killing it, and Dang. uses the dead body of a monster as her bed sheets. And it's like more comfortable than the sheets she was given with given to start with. So like <laughs> And then uh like there's there's other episodes where she's like, Oh no, I spilled I spilled soda on my comforter, so now I need to find a way to wash it. And uh uh, you know, before it stains. So, like, meanwhile, the Demon King is having this meeting with all the generals about, like, this fountain of pure water that can heal any injury, but if the water is ever dirty, it'll lose its effects. Meanwhile, the princess stumbles upon this fountain of pure water, and she's like, perfect, I can wash the sheets off in here. <laughs> <laughs> so she washes it, and the water gets dirty, and it's not a magical fountain anymore. Yeah. Um, and she's like, ah, oh, I need soap. And the Demon King's like, ah, don't worry, no one will mess with the uh, the fountain. We stationed the Bubble Warrior to uh, <laughs> to guard it. It's just this little ball of suds. And she's like, perfect. She grabs this little one-eyed ball of suds who's yelling at her to get away and, like, scrubs him onto the comforter. And he's like, ah, what are you doing? <laughs> she lathers up the comforter. And she's like, okay, now I need to... Uh, now I need to rinse it. And, um... Like the Demon King is like, we also have this one of a kind tornado bomb. Uh, <laughs> she 
near there that can be used to war off. Anyway, so she takes this tornado bomb, throws it in there. There's this whole spinning rinse cycle that it goes through in the fountain. She takes the cup of out. She's like, now I just need to dry it. And so, like, there's this whole, whole sequence of just stuff where, like, the Demon King and his minions are talking about all these awesome weapons they have. And she's systematically destroying them all just to clean her comforter. <laughs> what did you say the show was called again? Uh, Sleepy Princess of the Demon Castle. Oh, okay. It's absolutely hilarious. It also has, I really like the theme song to this show too. It's got this weird, like, uh, um, I don't know, the, the, the general beat to it makes me think of like, like this, I don't want to call it goth pop because I know that's like a specific genre, but like, I don't know, it's got this gothic feeling to it, even though it's like saturated in like pinks and purples. Um, uh, it's, it's weird. It's hard to describe the aesthetic. But, like, it's got, I guess you would call it, like, a creepy cute aesthetic. Oh. Um, but, yeah, I, and, like, <laughs> and she needed, she wanted a new pillow in the first episode. So, like, what she did was she captured these things called teddy demons, which are basically teddy bears with bat wings. Um, and they're alive. And they're adorable. And they're demons. So she c- catches a couple of them and starts, like, brushing their fur against their will. But then yeah. they end up liking it. So, um, like, she brushes all their fur off and uses the fur to stuff her pillow so that's soft and comfy. And and the uh, the teddy bears are like, ooh, we actually like being brushed. So now, anytime she wants the key to her cell so she can just get out and do what she wants to do in the castle, she clinks the hairbrush against her cell bars, and those teddy demons come flying with the keys for her. Uh, so all she has to do is brush their fur, and she gets the key to her cell, and she can just wander around and do whatever she wants. That's great. So yeah, I, I, this show has been like fantastic. I, I wasn't going to watch it, but then I saw like a recommendation in a YouTube video I was watching for like new anime this season. Yeah, and, yeah. And this was one of the ones that was recommended. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. Started yeah, it watching it good. and immediately fell in love. It's absolutely hilarious. And and you would you would think that this same gimmick of her terrorizing these monsters just to take a nap would get tired after a while. But it doesn't, because she does. Is it like it's a new thing every episode? Yeah. Uh, there's this one episode where like the female demon division comes back after their tour of duty for a while, and like none of the female demons have met the princess yet, so none of them know what she's like. And so like there's this harpy who's never had a normal conversation with a human before, who just wants to like talk to her. Uh- <laughs> Like basically have a slumber party with her and be like, okay, yeah, let's yeah. talk about boys and have pillow fights and stuff like that. And all the princess can think about is how comfortable this harpy's wings must feel as a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> so she's like, you're sleeping in my bed with me tonight, but you're keeping your back turned. So I can use <laughs> so I can use your wings. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's yeah, I just I I love this show so far. It's really good. But yeah, those are my two recommendations this week. Um, and then I have other shows that I'm, other anime series that I'm watching this season that I might recommend in future episodes. But for now, I'll keep it short because our recommendation sections go on for a while usually. Yeah, yeah. I got so you. I'll, I'll, I'll keep it nice and short this week. So yeah, um, that is The Bottleneck and Sleepy Princess in the Demon Castle. The One's horror, technically, and only four minutes an episode. The other is hilarious and adorable. 
Um, Sounds pretty good. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's been Store Brand Comics for the week. Uh, I've been Tio. And I've been Brandon. And now we're not. And we'll talk to you in the future. Take care.